This is the Future of Agriculture podcast, the show that explores the people, companies, and ideas shaping the future of agribusiness. If you're curious about innovations in ag tech, rural entrepreneurship, ag sustainability, or food security, this is the show for you. Let's get started. How's it going? Thank you so much for downloading this episode of the Future of Agriculture podcast. My name is Tim Hamrich. If this is your first episode, welcome. We do these stories every week of agricultural innovation, of the people, companies, and ideas shaping the future of the agriculture industry. Uh, today's interview is a special one. I've wanted to do this show for a long time. Ever since uh, I lived in western Kansas, this story has just stuck out in my mind as a very, very interesting one and a telling one when it comes to looking at the future of agriculture. We have on the show today Ken McCarty of McCarty Family Farms. Uh, they are a dairy that has four uh, locations in the west, Bird City, Kansas, Rexford, Kansas, Scott City, Kansas, and Beaver City, Nebraska, all in kind of western Kansas and then I think south centralish Nebraska. Uh, and then one that they just went into partnership with in Ohio and Salina, Ohio as well. They, they milk about 12,500 head, uh, 23,000 total head if you count calves on up. And it's uh, primarily owned and operated by four brothers, Mike, Clay, David, and Ken, who you're going to hear on this show. Uh, we explore some really, really interesting aspects uh, of the agriculture industry and of production agriculture today. And the reason why I wanted to highlight this story is, number one, it's just, it's a cool story. They moved from a small family dairy operation in Pennsylvania out to western Kansas in the 1990s and have sort of expanded from there to, to the operation they have today. Uh, number two, they are extremely committed to uh, sustainability, animal welfare, work uh, worker safety, and just generally trying to be very progressive in their practices. Uh, they are a supplier of Dan and yogurt, and you're going to hear a lot about how all of those things sort of come together. Um, through that process, they've also pledged to go uh, non-GMO verified, which I know uh, people listening to the show have strong opinions for one way or another, but he's going to talk about how their decision to do that and sort of how it all ties together to bringing a sustainable growing dairy operation to Western Kansas. I love this interview. I think you will too. Here is my talk with Ken McCarty of McCarty Family Farms in Western Kansas. He's going to start off by answering my question about why go multiple locations and not just expand from one hub. Uh, so, so there's many, many advantages to that. And there are some disadvantages, but the advantages that we see are that uh, from a feed shed point of view, in terms of the acres that can feed those farms, uh, we're spread out geographically. So uh, weather risk is minimized. Um, uh, if we were in one consolidated area, the risk of a, a massive hailstorm wiping out our silage supply or, um, you know, a drought impacting our, our corn yields, uh, that would be very real and present. Um, it's unlikely that all four locations would ever be hit in one negative uh, weather event. Um, you know, God willing, we're never going to get hit by a tornado. But if you have all your eggs in one basket, uh, that's that's another issue to consider. Uh, mm -hmm. The other the other opportunities that we see there are from a herd ma herd management point of view, uh, disease risk is limited. Um, so between disease risk and, and weather risk associated with feed and also the potential impacts it has on our herds, uh, there's 
in our viewpoint, uh, a tremendous amount of, of opportunity and, and positive uh, positive things to be gained from being spread apart. Sure, that makes sense. And if I understand your story correctly, uh, in the 1990s, you all were a family dairy in northeastern Pennsylvania. Right. Uh, take us back there uh, and, and kind of what life looked like back at that point and the decision to move to western Kansas. Right. So uh, my brothers and I are actually fourth generation dairymen. Um, our great grandfather, Taylor McCarty, actually began our family's mm-hmm. dairy in northeastern Pennsylvania. In a, in a very, very small village called uh, Sugar Run, right on the banks of Susquehanna River. And very, uh, very idyllic uh, red barn on the side hill with cows out on pasture. He actually began the farm, I believe, with eight milking cows. Uh, my grandfather then took it over from him in the same location. Uh, my father then uh, also taught school, but, but helped my grandfather on that dairy. And in the early 70s, my, my father and my mother uh, bought some property from my grandfather a mile up the road and built their dairy. Uh, survived a couple pretty massive uh, flood events that almost wiped us out. Uh, two of those actually, many blizzards, cup tornadoes, uh, that sort of thing. And in the early 90s, uh, as my three brothers and I were, were getting older and my two oldest brothers were uh, approaching the age of getting out of college, uh, they began to look at opportunities to offer to us um, to come back to the to the family business, and uh, the opportunities weren't necessarily very abundant, or at least in the viewpoint of my parents, the future wasn't very bright for agriculture in northeastern Pennsylvania, and so they began to look elsewhere, uh, and they looked into western New York State, uh, south central Pennsylvania all throughout the Midwest, Nebraska, Kansas, Oklahoma, Texas, uh, and ultimately settled here in Northwest Kansas. Uh, And the original dairy that we began uh, in April of 2000 was at the Rexford site uh, here in Thomas County. And from there, uh, the decision to kind of move out, you started with one dairy and uh, from there just kind of expanded out. How did you approach, was it, was this the master plan to have these four dairies and and kind of expand or, or how, how did that work? <laughs> well, the, uh, I would say that the, the master plan was not so much that, um, the original plan laid out by my dad was that we would have, uh, that we would eventually have four farms, uh, with, with each brother, uh, or in his viewpoint, each son, uh, managing each, uh, an individual farm in, we're, we're very competitive individuals, uh, so he thought that it would be, be good for all of us, um, I guess you could say, if we were competing against one another. It hasn't really worked out that way. We've all settled into different roles, uh, but we do have four dairies. Um, but no, the, the, where we're at today is not where we ever would have imagined uh, being years and years ago. So it's uh, it's been a very pleasant surprise. And, and what do you think uh, for you enabled that sort of growth? You know, obviously there is multi generational farms that uh, that get bigger incrementally, but obviously you going from eight milking cows a couple generations ago to now um, you know twenty thousand head total, but twelve thousand five hundred milkers. Um, you know that's that's quite a bit of expansion. W- what opportunities do you think sort of enabled that growth for you? Oh, geez. Uh, so, you know, uh, in, in generations past, 
you know, I would say that, that my grandfather was, or excuse me, my great grandfather, and, and I didn't know him, but at least the stories that I've been told, uh, he was always a, a bit of a strategic risk taker, uh, and somewhat innovative for, or very innovative for his, uh, his time. My grandfather followed suit and, um, you know, my dad, uh, my dad's very much of the same mindset. And I, I'd like to hope that they, that, that same mentality has been passed on to my brothers and I, um, there've been a few, uh, I think a few keystone moments, um, and few keystone decisions that have, that have helped us, um, grow into, uh, into new opportunities. Um, you know, in the, in the nineties, late nineties, mid to late nineties, uh, Western Kansas was very actively seeking uh, dairies t- to move in from out of the area. Uh, dairy is inherently labor intensive. Um, it, it provides a, a very strong and consistent tax base. Uh, typically, it's bringing in dollars from outside of the community and dispersing them within the local community. So dairy from an economic development point of view is very attractive to um rural American eco-devo groups. And that those groups helped us explore Western Kansas and helped to attract my, my mom and dad, uh, two oldest brothers. I was still in, in high school at the time, but helped attract them to Western Kansas. Uh, so that, that assistance uh, from searching for plots of ground and helping us explore milk marketing opportunities and putting us in contact with, uh, you know, local feed suppliers and local implement dealers and local landowners and so on and so forth, uh, really helped us move to that, move to this area, which, you know, I grew up on a dairy milking 150 cows in a high line pipeline tie stall barn, which for, for people not familiar with, with dairy industry, uh, so it's a very physically demanding way to milk cows. Um, but when we moved here, we, uh, really jumped from 150 cows to basically 800 milking cows. Um, we were, we were pretty overwhelmed at that point. Um, but through hard work, and I, I would argue that, you know, that's been one of the, the, one of the best things that our, uh, my parents have instilled in my brothers and I, or at least I like to, I, I, I hope that I am viewed and, and that I am a hardworking and my brothers are hardworking individuals. But, uh, um, that's really been kind of one of the driving forces, uh, that they, they've tried to instill in us is that, you know, Hey, when times get tough, just bear down and work harder, you know, eventually you'll get through it. Um, so that's, that, that was a, a foundational mentality that, that my brothers and I and my parents brought to Western Kansas. Um, but as we've continued to try to uh, expand our family's business um, uh, and expand our reach in Western Kansas, you know, there was an opportunity uh, shortly after I got out of college uh, in about 2006, where a local EcoDevo group uh, based out of Bird City, Kansas, approached us about building a dairy in, in Bird City, Kansas, in Cheyenne County, and um, we were able to work with them uh, to 
to expand into that community, to build uh, the dairy that my brother Mike uh, manages today. And that took our uh, our dairy from milking 1,600 cows in Rexford to approximately 3,400 cows uh, across the two dairies. Um, and we continued to try to be frugal and make ends meet and uh, to continue to improve the way our farms ran and uh, how productive we were, so on and so forth. And in April of 2010, um, a meeting was arranged by uh, a, a common acquaintance between uh, my family and uh, the milk procurement team at uh, Dannon. Uh, and, and for those that may or may not be aware, Dannon is uh, a large uh, yogurt manufacturing company based here in the United States and is a subsidiary of Group the Known based out of Europe. And they had a desire for a, a model in which they could procure milk in a different way outside of uh, what is more traditional in the U.S. dairy industry outside of a co-op system. And in essence, what they were searching for and what we were searching for was um, less volatility. Um, you know, if, if uh, for those of us that remember 2009, 2000, and well, really from about 2005 and beyond, the ag markets were incredibly volatile. Um, you know, we saw $8 corn, we saw four or five dollar diesel fuel um you know we saw nine dollar milk um just incredible amounts of volatility and that obviously is not good for their business and it's potentially disastrous for uh small ag businesses like ourselves and uh so we both had a desire to limit that volatility but we also both had a desire for greater connection to both sides of the, the food production equation. Um, at the time, I don't know that Dannon had all that much visibility to how milk was produced, how farms operated, what were the pain points of dairy farmers. Um, so that they desired that visibility. And we as dairy producers had limited access or limited understanding of where our milk went, how we could better produce it to improve the consumer experience or improve the experience of our customer. Um, so there was poor visibility into the other's world on both, on both our parts. And um, they had a desire for something different. We did as well. Uh, our visions were immediately aligned. Now, obviously, the devil's in the details. Uh, and it took two years for us to get to the point of being to where we actually sold milk into Dannon. Uh, but that was a springboard for us to really take our business to the next level. So in order to fill their, their needs, their milk demands, uh, and keep in mind, we're just a small segment of their overall milk portfolio. But uh, we had to essentially double our herd size from 34 to 3,500 milking animals. Uh, we took over uh, what was a vacant dairy. At that point in Scott City, Kansas, we took that over in November of 2011. Um, we expanded the Bird City Dairy. We expanded the, the Rexford Dairy. Uh, we increased our milking herd size to about 7,000 animals. Uh, we also, at that time, built a uh, what's called an evaporative milk condensing plant at the Rexford Dairy. 
Um, all of the milk that's produced on McCarty dairies flows into that plant either from the bulk tank or via semi-trailer. Uh, it's separated into the cream and the skim portion. Uh, both of those products are pasteurized. The, the skim portion is uh, condensed through an evaporation process, um, essentially to uh, from three semi-loads. You could say from three to one. Um, we pull a tremendous amount of the water out of that product. Uh, that water then is reused on our own farms thereby reducing our draw on the Ogallala Aquifer, which for those of us familiar and living in western Kansas, uh, aquifer drawdown and and, uh, water in general is a very serious topic for the future of this entire region. But on top of that, we also um, reduce the amount of freight required to move our products to market uh, by about 75%. The product they end up shipping is condensed milk. Is that right? Correct. Yes. Condensed skim milk and, and pasteurized heavy cream. Hmm. And, and do those go for Dan and yogurt? Uh, yes. Yes. Primarily. So correct. That is interesting. And then is the water used for irrigation? Uh, so the water actually has three, three avenues of use. Uh, we can filter it and UV purify it and reuse it back through the processing plant. Um, or we can send it directly to drain uh, to our lagoons and utilize that as supplemental irrigation water. Uh, but our preferred methodology is to uh, mix it with well water and use it as drinking water uh, and, and, and just general use water on the dairy as a whole. In doing that, uh, we actually extract more uses from that water than if we were to just simply uh, put it in the lagoons for irrigation or to utilize it through the processing plant. Hmm. And is the, the biggest cost savings for you on that the freight? Were, I mean, were you having to pay the freight on the milk? Uh, or I mean, well, obviously, that's just a huge win sustainability-wise. Um, as far as making it work uh, business-wise for the bottom line, is that is that where the biggest cost savings are, are felt? So the the business model in our relationship with Dannon is is relatively unique for uh, for the U.S. dairy industry. We're what's in a what's called a direct supply cost plus model, where uh, in order to limit the volatility that they face, but also limit the volatility that we face, uh, we came to an agreement where. Uh, we, we have a guaranteed margin above and beyond our cost of production, uh, that they feel is acceptable, that, that we feel is acceptable. And, uh, we always liken it to, to baseball. Uh, we grew up playing little league baseball in Northeastern Pennsylvania. And with the exception of my one brother, David, none of us were home run hitters, but we always got on base, you know, Hey, singles and doubles get you into the hall of fame. Uh, what we can't afford is strikeouts. Mm -hmm. You know, we just want to, uh, you know, ultimately we just want to be here tomorrow. And we figure if we can live to fight another day, uh, that through increases in efficiency and increases in productivity and by constantly pursuing value added offerings that enhance our relationship with our customer, enhance the, the experience of the consumer, um, that, that our business, uh, will hopefully be, be viable for my kids. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, that makes, 
perfect sense. I think it's really, really interesting. We actually had Ryan Sorolli on the show uh, from from Deno North sure. America back episode 101, uh, talking about that sort of that cost plus model and trying to, re- you know, remove the volatility out of both sides of, of, of the equation. I think that's uh, really, really neat. It, and is that when you have gone to the uh, uh, the non-GMO verified was a result of that arrangement um, uh, w- with with Dannon? Uh, not immediately. Uh, so um, we have been non-GMO project verified since oh, since roughly June of 2017, and we've been uh, we've been selling milk to Dannon uh, since, uh, since April of 2012. Hmm. So what's been interesting and what's been very fun and exciting for my brothers, uh, and myself is that, um, you know, we get to watch this relationship and participate in, in the evolution of this relationship. You know, we, at the very outset of, of this relationship with Dan, and there was always the thought process that, you know, Hey, how can we, how can we add more value to the milk? How can we make a better product? How can we make a more sustainable dairy farm? How can we make a dairy farm that's more animal or environmental or socially or, or consumer friendly? Uh, and it's been incredibly exciting for us um, to, to work in lockstep with a company that challenges the way we think, uh, that pr- presents us uh, with, with new and interesting ideas and um, ultimately gives us the opportunity to be invested in a successful outcome mm-hmm. um, of, of whatever venture we choose to go down. Uh, that connection to the end product, uh, that resonates not only with my brothers and I and my family and their family, uh, but also with uh, the overall McCarty Family Farms family. Um, hey, it's pretty dang impactful, you know, when we bring in a, a new team member and you set a cup of yogurt in front of him and, or her and you say, hey, this is what you do. Hmm. You, you, may not, you, you, you may not be able to directly connect your job as, a, as an accountant or as a lab technician or as a, a, a dairy cattle repro specialist. Um, you may not be able to directly connect to that, but at the end of the day, everything you do within this company, within this family, within this team ends up in that. And, um, that's, that's been very, very powerful, um, as a means of driving improvement, um, on our farms within our entire team. So it's, it's been fun to watch. It's been fun to be a part of. Yeah, it's really cool. And, and I'd like to talk more about kind of the employee side of things because um, I've lived in Western Kansas. In fact, I've lived in Bird City, which you mentioned. And, and I know um, there, there just aren't a lot of people there. And so by my nature, it can be difficult to find uh, employees. And I, I know sure. um, you all have a reputation of, of being a family, uh, obviously family owned operation, but also treating your employees like part of the family. Can you talk a little bit about what that looks like day to day? Sure, sure. Um, so first and foremost, you know, hey, we, well, we take a lot of pride in in that mentality. Um, and it's, you know, it's challenging as, as a business grows uh, to man, maintain that. Um, so part of the way in which we try to maintain that is we try to 
instill that. Obviously, that's a that's a value that lives within inside of of us uh, as owners. But uh, we also try to instill that that principle and that value in everybody else that's that's in our company, especially those that are in management positions. Um, we've made it a point uh, over the years to try and hire. Uh, people with families, um, for the exact reasons that you mentioned, Western Kansas is not the most populated area in the world. And any way in which we can help these small communities uh, survive and prosper for tomorrow, for next year, for a decade from now, uh, that's something that we take very seriously. Uh, on top of all the added benefits of hiring people with families, you know, they inherently are typically more stable employees. Uh, but the ability to add children to the local school districts, uh, to add consumers to the local communities, that's that's something that we take very seriously. Uh, we the how we try to enhance that is very, very wide-ranging, from uh, employee newsletters, uh, focusing on birthdays, to having, uh, you know, regular barbecues and cookouts, to Christmas parties, to Christmas gifts, to, um, you know, you you name it. We're always trying to um, enhance that aspect of our business. And one thing that I think oftentimes maybe goes unnoticed or isn't talked about enough, especially in the ag world, is safety, workplace safety. You know, we, we have made it a, a huge focus of, of, of ours and, and of all of our dairy farms uh, to emphasize on, on workplace safety. Hmm. Um, you know, we've asked that our insurance companies come in and audit our farms for safety. We participate in the, the Validus Worker Care Program that emphasizes, again, compliance to OSHA regulations, to uh, local, state, and federal labor laws, to workplace safety, to training. Um, you know, if you walk onto, walk onto our dairy farms, uh, some people kind of chuckle about it. But, you know, for example, everybody's in uh, high visibility, either safety vests or high vis uh, winter jackets, uh, all provided by McCarty Family Farms. When you go into our milking parlors, everyone has um, has safety gear on, whether that be safety glasses or aprons and gloves and sleeves. You know everything because we view this this business as a family. You don't sure want to make sure everybody goes goes home to their family with safely every single night. So, um, Hey, we're not, we're certainly not perfect and we try to get better every single day. Uh, but, but that's a, that's a major emphasis within our business. And I think it's, I think it's paid dividends, you know, um, sometimes it takes a little bit of, of coaching to change that culture. Um, but once everybody understands the reasons why we, we have to act in, in certain ways um, or work in certain ways. And it just, it, it helps people buy in. Right. Absolutely. Well, as you look to the future, Ken, what, uh, what do you hope to see uh, in the future for McCarty family farms in Western Kansas and beyond? <laughs> oh, geez. Uh, <laughs> wow. That's a good question. Um, you know, Hey, uh, my brothers and I are, 
Well, my oldest brothers say that they're not young anymore, but uh, in the grand scheme of things, you know, we're all pretty darn young, especially especially in in ag. Uh, we're we're very young. Um, hey, we our focus is on growth, and at times I think people misunderstand what we mean when we say we want to grow. Um, you know, growth to us is growth in productivity, growth in um, you know, sustainability efforts, growth in animal welfare efforts, growth in uh, employee training. Essentially, growth to us isn't milking more cows and getting bigger. Growth to us is getting better every day. And if I could say if there's any one thing that we focus on for tomorrow, uh, it's, it's that. It's, it's improvement. It's, it's bettering our our farms every single day. And, um, you know, sometimes, sometimes that gets frustrating because the, the improvement is incremental, you know, and, um, we always try to remind one another, um, and, and we have monthly, uh, what we call, uh, farm performance reviews where we take a look at all the data that flows off of our dairies and we evaluate where each of us is doing well and where each of us needs to improve. Uh, but the thing that we try to consistently do is we try to focus on where are we at today versus where we were a year ago or two years ago or five years ago. Um, because when we, when we eat, sleep, and breathe this every single day and we, we win by 1% every day, sometimes you lose sight of that victory. Mm. Uh, but if you can if we can stop and pay attention to the fact that, hey, we have made significant progress from where we were a year ago mm-hmm. and need to be proud of that, that helps helps keep people engaged, helps keep us uh, all ambitious and, and energized. Um, ag is a tough business. You know, dairy farming especially is a is a darn tough business. It's seven days a week, in our case, 24, 7, 365. And uh, you got to find the silver linings and you got to find the bright spots. Otherwise, uh, I'm losing my hair, but otherwise you pull all your hair out and, and uh, don't have any fun. And it's got to be fun, you know? Absolutely. Well, we, we've been doing a uh, like a mini segment as part of this show. We're calling Manager Minute, where we just ask the guests to provide uh, one tip or advice or something that's working for you as far as being more productive or, or managing a team, uh, anything along those lines you'd like to add? Uh, yeah, you know, hey, what's made our, our farms uh, so much more productive and made conversations and management uh, much less uh, confrontational is we manage by the data. Mm-hmm. We let our data drive our decisions. Um, if, if you were to ask myself and, and my brother, we would argue that I'm proud. I'm, I'm the best cow guy on our farms. Well, amazingly enough, our farms run better when I'm not in the cows ever, or when I'm not managed the cows every single day, hmm. in part, because I managed by emotion and by feel, and I didn't let the data drive my decision. And, um, you know, we all bring an inherent bias to our workplace every single day. And that bias may not allow us to make uh, uh, the best decision. So as we've moved away from, or as we've tried to move our farms away from from management by 
by feel and by opinion uh, towards management by information and management by data. Um, you've, you've watched the gains in, in productivity and the gains in efficiency and uh, ultimately the, the cohesiveness of all of our teams skyrocket. Right. So let the data drive the decisions. I love it. Ken, thank you so much for taking the time. And this has been, I love the story. I, I knew a little bit about it, but not, but not all of it. Um, and I think it, it's going to be uh, insightful and inspiring to, to other ag entrepreneurs that are listening. So thank you for being on the show. Hey, absolutely. My pleasure. And uh, uh, yeah, we're always here to talk to. So if anybody has any questions, just reach out and let us know. What's the best place to direct them for that? Would it, would it be the website? Uh, yeah, if they go to the website, there's a, an email link there that they can pose questions to, uh, and it gets circulated to the, uh, to the appropriate brother um, uh, or whoever within our team. And, uh, and yeah, we, we always do our best to respond to that as quickly as possible. Things get a little bit overwhelming sometimes, but, but we do our darndest to, to respond to everybody as quick as we can. Thanks so much to Ken McCarty for being on the show, and thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed that great story of uh, agricultural innovation, rural entrepreneurship. And what I love most about McCarty, and actually, I should have mentioned this at the top of the show, I lived in Bird City, Kansas, which is the site of one of their dairies, and I got to see the rural economic impact and their commitment to their local communities uh, and what that did for a, a town as small as Bird City, Kansas, population, I think, 450. So really, really cool stuff, and I, I love the fact that um, building businesses like this can really revive rural economies. Um, and I got to see it firsthand. So thank you for Ken for being on the show. And uh, appreciate those of you who have reached out, especially if you've um, taken the 30 seconds to go on iTunes and leave us a review. Had one I wanted to read recently from Caladium Man. Uh, it says, great job, great podcast, very informative. Keep up the good work. Caladium Man, thank you very much. And to those of you who have left us a review, I really do appreciate it. Help spread the word. We'll be back next week with more Future of Agriculture. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Future of Agriculture podcast. If you like what you heard here today, I'd love to connect with you further. Go over to futureofag.com. That's futureofag.com. And let me know a good email address for you so we can keep in touch. Also, you'll be able to check out a ton of bonus content on the blog while you're there. Otherwise, make sure you're subscribed to the show so you can catch another fascinating ag innovator here next week. Hey.